It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be, One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Good to have you today. Thanks to the Raider Nation. For jumping in, I was on a podcast earlier today with Violator, uh, a Hall of Fame fan, so I got my Raider groove on as we begin today, brought to you by Golden Entertainment. As you know, they own the Strat. They completely redid it. If you haven't been to the Strat, it'll blow you away. Plus, their PTs right when you go into the Strat, Arizona Charlie's, the Laughlin Entertainment Center with all the great concerts that we have this summer, and 64-plus PTs. I think there might be 65 now. I'll get clarification on that. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7 and midnight to 2 a.m. So we are 24 hours out from the Raiders' schedule release. There will be some leaking, not from me, but the leaking comes, and it always does, and we'll find out about a Monday night game. We'll find out what's going to happen, and you'll be able to lock in on the schedule release right here on the flagship station. What I'd like to know about today, because this is a big show today, is you know who do you want? Where do you want a road trip? Where do you want to go? You got one game to go to this year. Which one is it? Because there's two home games in L.A. As we mentioned, there's two home games in L.A. It's the Ram game on the road, which is a Raider home game, and the Charger game. So with all of that happening, where do you want to go? You have to take those two out. L.A.'s obvious. L.A.'s obvious. And when it comes to the road games, here's your choices. Denver, Kansas City, Chargers, Jaguars, Titans, Rams, Seahawks, Steelers, and Saints. Man, Chris from West Oakland called me before the show, wants to know when the New Orleans date is set so his crew can jump on some airline tickets and some hotel rooms. I like that type of energy. Let me tell you what the game could be. Could be Nashville. Tennessee Titans. If you're a Raider fan, I've been on that trip twice. It's really good, but Nashville has taken a much bigger step since even the last time I've been there. So the last time I've been there, I don't know if it was eight, nine years ago. It's been a long time. Uh, That's a game I'd like to circle. Uh, My in-laws and my wife's sister lives in St. Augustine, which is Jacksonville. I like that game. I like going to Jacksonville. It's a cool place to go. they got a great bar district downtown, and the downtown is getting much better. They're dropping a lot of money. In downtown Jacksonville, I don't go to Kansas City. I've been to Kansas City before, been there, done that. Could be rainy, could be gloomy. I don't need Kansas City. Yeah, no due respect to Kansas City. I'm not going to Kansas City. Uh, When it comes to Denver, uh, that is a hostile environment. As Steph McKenzie says, those fans can get mean and nasty. Now, Seattle's a great game. Seattle's a great place, Pioneer Square to go around there, and that's a good West Coast destination for the Raider Nation in the Pacific Northwest. There's a couple of big booster clubs that are up there and do a nice job. We go there all the time in the preseason, all the time, and I love it there in the preseason because the weather's always great. Weather's always great in August, so you get there and it's a sunny day, and you just love it compared to going there in the wintertime and it's raining and it's cold. 
So I don't know when the Seahawks game is going to be. Pittsburgh, been on that road trip before, been there, done that. Pittsburgh never got me going. It's an industrial town. It's gritty. They got a good bar district, too. I'm not excited about Pittsburgh. I want the team to win. So my choice is for the Raider Nation. It comes down to New Orleans, which is one. Titans, 1A. I think Seattle or Jacksonville after that. So Raider fans, you got your credit card out? You get in your hotel room, John Google? Which is the game today? We want to know because I'll be on tomorrow, but the schedule release comes on after I'm off the air. Comes at 2 tomorrow. So I'd like to get ahead of it. I'll be tweeting tomorrow before the schedule release at JT the Brick if there's any release or they officially release it. I don't release information that the Raiders want to release. <laughs> That's not me. If other people want to do that, go ahead and do that. But it's a big day tomorrow. So how do you feel about this? There's been a lot of talk around the league about the Raiders' schedule and why it is so difficult. It's difficult because they play in the AFC West. It's difficult because they're playing the NFC West. That's it. It's a beast. You're playing the NFC West that has the Super Bowl champs and the Niners that have a Super Bowl roster. You throw in the Patriots in the AFC at home, and you look at the and the Arizona Cardinals were the first team to ten wins last year. They're no joke, but they have some problems. And depending on when DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to miss six games. Chandler Jones is not there anymore. He's with us. So looking at Arizona, I'd like to catch that game early. I really would. I'd like to get that in the first four games if the Raiders can get that game at home. And the home schedule, home schedule looks interesting. Because I look at the teams that haven't been here before. The Chargers, Chiefs, and Broncos have been here before. Uh, so is Indianapolis. I saw Phillip Rivers play here before. They played here. Yannick Ngakwe is coming. Arizona, the 49ers, and the Patriots. I think the biggest game on the schedule is the Patriots for obvious reasons. It's Belichick versus Josh McDaniels. It's the professor versus the student. And that'll be a huge game. Because they'll come in prepared, ready to play, and they're always good. But the Raiders get them at home. I'd much rather have that game in Las Vegas than New England. <laughs> right. It, it, for a lot of reasons there. Weather, hostile environment, all that. So I'm happy about that. The Niner game is really interesting to me because I think that's a winnable game. They're all winnable. But the Niners, if they're playing Trey Lance, could have a rough game. Remember, Justin Fields came in here last year for Chicago. Didn't play well at all. And Chicago beat the Raiders. Taylor Heineke came in here last year. Played well, beat the Raiders. The Raiders beat Jalen Hurts because if you remember in that game with the Eagles, uh, the Raiders scored 30 unanswered points. That was the dominant game by the Raiders last year, the Eagles game. They scored 30 unanswered. So that was the game I remember with Eric Allen because Eric, who played for the Eagles, was a great Eagle player. He had all his family in town and a lot of people, and they walked into our postgame show kind of like, whoa, what happened there? And that's the way the Raiders should be playing at home. So you get out on the road, the Raiders have eight home games and nine road games. Nine, because last year we had the extra home game. So if you wonder why the Raiders' season totals at eight and a half, they play in the toughest division in football, they play the second toughest division in football in the West, and they have more road games than they have home games. Everybody cool and calm now? Everybody get what the hell's going on here and why this is so difficult? It's difficult. So they got to play great. They got to remain healthy. No excuses. One week at a time. Game plan it. And I believe they have one of the great game planners we've seen on offense ever in Josh McDaniels because he's got six Super Bowl rings. Six.
So the edge, the edge has got to be there. And Patrick Graham and the defense has to have an edge there. So, again, I'm looking specifically, call to action. If you want to call in, 702-365-9200. What is the Raider road game you're most optimistic about that you say this is a game I would go to? Even if you're not going to it, the game that you like the most on the road. Let's get going here. No need to wait. we got a big weekend ahead of us, 702-365-9200. T.J. Reeves will join us, the Buccaneers sideline reporter, frequent guest on the show on Tom Brady. The big topic yesterday and last night on my show, every call was on Brady. Every single call. I took 25 calls last night on Brady going to Fox. Really big story. I hope uh, we understand how big this story is. Brady going to the NFC. The Fox package coming up. Also, Bill Williamson will join us. The Raider insider. About 25 years covering the team. And former Raider David Fulcher. Bottom of the hour brought to you by M Resort spa and casino as we get the show going here there's still just a ton of news with the nba Uh, as i'm watching the nba every night it's delivering it's delivering in a huge way now steve kerr is under covid protocol so it doesn't look like he'll coach the next game and today we had a baseball game canceled because of covid so covid's back a multiple positive test in the cleveland guardians organization the game versus the white white Sox today has been postponed to allow continued testing and contract contact tracing. The MLB will provide a reschedule update. Hey, you remember this a couple of years ago, all those Marlin games were getting canceled? All those baseball games are getting canceled? It was announced again. There's too many wackos and lunatics on media and radio thinking COVID's over. It's not. I know people who have died from COVID. I know people who are extremely sick. And I know people who have COVID again. So COVID hasn't gone away in sports. Now, as you know, the Raiders pulled the mandate down for now, which is the right thing to do. They had the mandate. You had to be vaccinated. But I don't know what's going to look like. I don't know what the world's going to look like in September again, coming out of the summer here. Uh, The Guardians right now have several multiple positive tests, including the coaches, the traveling party, and players. So when this happens, and remember, the Steve Kerr story is big because Steve Kerr was sick for a number of days before he tested positive, and he's sitting on the bench with everybody pulling his mask down in the middle of these games. It's a big potential story as the Warriors play tonight against Memphis. Warriors are up three games to one. Uh, the other game, the early game, 4 o'clock Pacific, is on TNT. Milwaukee-Boston, series tied at two. Al Harford coming off that incredible game. So that's going to be a huge one. Huge game there. Boston can win and control this series. They're back if Giannis and Milwaukee can win like they've already won in Boston. Uh, That'll be a fun game to watch. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. But the priority today is NFL schedule release and the game that you want to go on the most. Uh, We found out today they let out another game that the Dallas Cowboys will return to Lambeau Field. That is week 10. So that is week 10, and that's a big game. Remember Des Bryant years ago, was that a catch or not? Uh, They got a rivalry dating back to the ice bowl. So this is a pretty big game here. Mike McCarthy will make his first trip to Green Bay to face his former team week 10. They announced the Cowboys and Packers November 13th ahead of the full schedule release, which is coming up tomorrow. So that's what they're trying to do here, and they're trying to get everybody excited about these individual matchups. And that's what I think is going to be interesting about Belichick versus Josh McDaniels is when do the Raiders get that game? That, to me, feels like a really good Sunday night game, doesn't it? 
New England at the Raiders, a Sunday night football game. And the rumors are out there that Denver could open up the season in Las Vegas on Monday night football against the Raiders. I I don't know if that's true or not, but there's a lot of uh, people throwing out that rumor. The NFL has already announced several matchups for the upcoming season. Week two, Monday night football doubleheader. The league's 2022 international series games and one of three Christmas Day games. So with all of this coming up here, Tennessee versus Buffalo week two, Monday night, a doubleheader here. That'll be a good game because, you know, that's going to be fun. The meeting will be part of a Monday night doubleheader with former uh, Titans receiver A.J. Brown in the spotlight with his new team, Philadelphia, as they host the Minnesota Vikings later that night on ABC. It'll be their first meeting since 2019. So we got a few games here. The international games are a big deal. We get a game in Germany for the first time this year, and we have the three games in London, which will be great. So NFL schedule release, 8 Eastern tomorrow, 5 Pacific, but I think you're going to hear more of it between the 2, 3, 4 block that's coming up here tomorrow. So keep it here to Raider Nation Radio as we get going and open up the show. That's all I got today. You know, again, everybody's like, JT, what do you do every day? I talk about what's relevant. I don't talk about backup cornerbacks who haven't made the team. We do we do the biggest stories in the Raiders every day. We got a former player. We got some broadcasters on. And we're talking about the schedule, which is more important than anything right now because it's got juice to it because of Vegas hosting these games and uh, the NFL loving Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night in Vegas. It brings more eyeballs. And the Raiders on the road have a potential couple of marquee games on the road. Other than the L.A. games, they have nine road games for the Raiders, but the ability with the road games to get a really good, juicy one, big game with New Orleans for the fans. And I think the other game that I love, and I think it's going to be great, and they might give it to us, is the Ram game in prime time. You want to do that? The Rams are the Super Bowl champs. You put the Raiders in L.A., you put 60% Raider fans in the Rams building. That's good TV. You know, that's good TV. And remember, the Niner fans took over the Ram game last year. I'm going to make that point clear because I'm going to be banging that point and that drum all year long. The Niner fans traveled all the way, not far from the Bay Area, interstate, and took over the Rams game as the Rams ended up winning the Super Bowl. Need that from the Raider Nation. Thor, here in Vegas. How are you, my friend? Black Hole, what's happening? Man, hanging in, brother. How you doing? Good to talk to you. How you been? Man, great, great, man, great. Excited about the schedule tomorrow. Excited about the schedule tomorrow for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. One, just to see how it lines up, but two, to figure out when we are getting to New Orleans. Um, New Orleans is automatic on the list, JT. Mm-hmm. You know that, man. New Orleans is so fun out there. and Raider Nation takes over. I remember that March we had a few years back mm-hmm. out there. It was all over the news. Um, and the people out there are so 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 nice, genuine genuine people. You know, treat us mm. right. So love that. Um, possibly Tennessee. Hopefully they don't come back to back. Hopefully it's mm. not like a Christmas week game for Tennessee. Um, otherwise, Tennessee has a really big possibility. Um, 
I don't know. Obviously, the LA games, but like you mentioned before, those are home games. You know, Thor. I think the Tennessee game's great if if Raider fans haven't been to Nashville for this trip because right. it's been a while. Because New Orleans, we all know it's going to be great. It's like a Mardi Gras. But I think the right. the sleeping giant is Nashville and the amount of Raider fans that they can accommodate out there with the hotels, the music, the concerts, and Raider right. fans being able to get to a central location from the East Coast and the Midwest. I think the Titans right. game is going to be a monster. Oh, I, I, honestly, I, I know it is for sure. I know I know it is for sure. I know a ton of people already, that's for sure they're going. Um, for me, it just depends on timing on that one. There's a really yeah. good chance we will be going, though, and, and, and I've heard great stories. Didn't they have the draft there a couple years back? And I know a lot of Raider fans went to that, and I know – um, a couple times, a couple years back when we went, a lot of Raider fans. Yeah, I threw, I threw the biggest, I threw the biggest party of my career down there. We had no, thousands no. of people down there. Ken Stabler joined me on stage, and Bolitnikov, and Atkinson, and Hendricks, and we did raffles at the famous store. There's a bar there called the Famous Store. We took it over, and then the people no. who could, the people who couldn't get in took over the street outside the bar, and there was cops on horses, and it was amazing. I got some good stories to tell on that. So uh, let me know. Text me tomorrow. Pick the game you're going to go to, and we'll talk about it next week. Okay. We're, uh, yeah, for sure. I'll let you know. Um, we're, we're doing a show tomorrow night, too, okay. um, about the schedule release and, and where we may be going and stuff like that at, like, 7 p.m. So, But I'll, I'll definitely hit you. We're definitely automatic going to New Orleans. So Sounds good. we can go to New Orleans, we're definitely going. But All hopefully right. Tennessee for sure. Thanks, Thor. All good, brother. Appreciate All it. right, we'll talk to you later. That's Thor checking in from the Black Hole. Appreciate that. As he will be on Facebook Live, they'll be on YouTube, and they'll do their schedule release podcast, which I'm sure the Raiders are doing. Whoever's doing that, more power to you. Schedule's big. Uh, about that New Orleans story. So at that time, I was with another buddy who's probably listening up in Sacramento, and we were collecting, I think, 10 bucks at the door for the Bolitnikoff Foundation, and I also had to pay Stabler. So to get Kenny there, we came up with a price. I forget what it was. It was five grand or eight grand. So we were collecting money, a lot of money. And my buddy had it in the bathroom, and he was showing me in the bathroom the wads of rubber bands and cash, and I'll never forget going to the stage and taking two rubber bands of cash and giving it to Snake. Stable, and I said, Kenny, you're in New Orleans. And he just looked at me and laughed at me like he didn't know New Orleans, right? Biggest partier in Raider history, greatest legend. And he put them deep into his pocket. I think it was five to eight grand, whatever the number is. Came on stage, crowd went crazy. And the end of the night, my roommate on that trip was the late Rob Rivera, Black Hole Rob, the head of the Black Hole. And you know, it was a late night, so the story gets better. It was super late. It was 3, 3.30 in the morning, and I came back to the room, and Rob wasn't there. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I know he had a key. He would get back in. There was a Janikowski element to this story, so that was interesting on that, too. And then Rob came back in at like 4.35 in the morning, and we got a big laugh out of it. And then the next day, I had breakfast, and the day of the game on Sunday— we were out Saturday night on Bourbon Street. My party was Friday night. Saturday night, we were out on Bourbon Street. Another late night, we ran into Janikowski, who was out on the streets. We went and followed Janikowski, and I was like, wow. All right, here we are. It's past curfew. He's out. Whatever happens, not my call. 
And I had to take the first bus to do the pregame show at the stadium early. I mean, really early. And I got into the stadium with my backpack, and I'm walking to the elevators through the field. And who's out there with the tank top on, kicking 50 yarders through, the, <laughs> kicking 50 yarders through it in warmups? And I looked at him, and I'm like, "Oh my God!" The last time I saw him was at a certain time of night, and I looked around, and there was a lot of people looking around, keeping an eye on him. Wink, wink. Knew he was out, and boom, first bus. He's already there, kicking field goals there, and that was a game that I'll never forget. It was a lot of fun, and. One of the infamous New Orleans stories as we went there. And hopefully that comes back again with COVID. Two years of COVID, fans not traveling. Fans not really excited about traveling. The only issue now is that traveling's a mess. And I'm doing a lot of traveling the next two weeks. And you just look at your phone and wonder if your flight's delayed. You get to the airport early. You wonder if there's a pilot. Are there flight attendants? So it takes a lot to travel now. And Raider fans travel as good as any fan base out there. And Raider fans now have to protect the home field the way they should now because last year was great. I'm at all the games. There's plenty of Raider fans there. And now you got fans that want to be a part of this this year. The home fans that are going to want to get into this place, no doubt about it. Arizona doesn't have any fans. They don't travel. They want, they're going to bring in 5,000, 10,000 fans. But we've seen Kansas City. And we know the Patriots are going to travel because they get the money to do it in Boston. They have the money. And the Niner fans are going to want to prove a point. So what the Niner fans are going to do is they're going to try to get tickets and get into Allegiant Stadium because they're going to want to, they're going to, want to drum it up. And they're going to want to say how many fans they got there and how many fans are wearing their gear. And it's up to the Raider fans to hold on to those tickets, which hopefully they do. That's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. I will have a Remy Martin sidecar this weekend when I'm in San Diego. Wife and I getting away Friday for a long weekend, and then I come back Sunday. It's Bolitnikoff Sunday and Monday. Fred Bolitnikoff was on with Clay earlier today. He was on with us yesterday. Uh, we might play a portion of that interview again. Freddie's trying to get people aware of Tracy's Place of Hope and the late Tracy Bolitnikoff. Go to bolitnikoff.org. Please make a donation. 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Be generous. You listen here. We don't ask for much. We just ask you to listen and from time to time get behind one of our events. The Bolitnikoffs are in town now and they're ready for their Hall of Fame Classic coming up on Sunday and Monday. Former Raider David Fulcher will join us at the bottom of the hour. Bill Williamson, TJ Reeves, and possibly Chris Myers. That's a hell of a radio show, and I've had nothing to do to it. That Bobby put it together, as he always does. A lot of NBA news. There was a no-hitter in baseball last night. We'll have the final call of that. And we always appreciate you listening. Raider fans, it's like Christmas. New Year's, 4th of July. The schedule releases tomorrow. We have it covered for you on the flagship. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are both great bats. Um, yeah, yeah, that I have looked up to for years. But um, yeah, um, but like far like it's me just coming in, like just um, just coming in and just working, man, just grinding, but not even work. Yeah, not worried about all that type of stuff. Just want to come in and compete, man, and just have fun and meet them guys. So, yes, sir, that's all I want to do. 
Shamir White, new running back, comes in from Georgia. JT, back with you. Our legend segment is brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino, the official hotel of the Silver and Black. This player was a legend. What a career he had with the Cincinnati Bengals and came to the L.A. Raiders in 1993. Former All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. We welcome in David Fulcher. David, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. What's happening? Everything is great. Thrilled to talk to you. What a career. I want to begin with college. I got a freshman who just finished his freshman year at ASU, and you went there, and you were a monster tackler, had a great career there. Tell me how you prepared for the NFL and being an elite pro bowler going through ASU. You know, I think uh, it all came up uh, about with uh, Coach Willie Shaw. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Shaw recruited me and got me in there, and the style of defense that uh, ASU was going to play with David kind of got me prepared for the NFL. You know, kind of like the, the they call it the tweener. You're in between a linebacker and then safety. Uh, I was safety size. I'm sorry, linebacker size with the with the legs and the movement of a safety. And when the NFL, uh, when I got my opportunity to go to the NFL, man, they put me there as a I won't say a monster back, but a fifth linebacker playing safety in the NFL with Dick LeBeau in that scheme of defense, the zone blitz, uh, David made it popular. That's incredible when we take a look at Coach Shaw. I did a podcast about him with uh, his career with Charles Woodson. What a great coach. He is known as Raider royalty from his years also with the Raiders and that connection there. So that is great coaching at the college level that led you into the start of your career with the Bengals, where just after two seasons, you were one of the top defensive backs in the NFL. Well, you know, it's funny because when I came out, remember, I came out as a redshirted junior. NFL wasn't taken juniors back then there was a few guys that came into the league but you know supplemental draft Mm -hmm. a few of them got uh, didn't get drafted and wind up coming to the league but I think for me it was just that I was more of a uh, I played free safety at Arizona State uh, and then Cincinnati wanted me to play strong safety because of my size bringing me to the line of scrimmage and like I said a fifth linebacker playing safety but I was I was a downhill guy I mean I came to the line of scrimmage and I, I I I you know, I, I got together with fullbacks and I took on guards pulling, you know, because I'm 220 pounds, 235, and normal safeties back then, you know, 205 to 200 pounds. So I was, uh, I was a big guy that could deliver the punch and, 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 and run with the small guys as well. David Fulcher is our guest, played with the Raiders, the L.A. Raiders in 1993, part of our legend segment. So your big moment there when the Bengals finished 12-4, and you faced the 49ers in the Super Bowl. You lost a really tight game, 20-16 to to Joe Montana on that game-winning drive. But what a year you had and a big Super Bowl. You had a big game there with a bunch of tackles and huge plays. What was your memory in the playoffs and leading up to that big game against Montana? Well, you know, it's funny because we had a uh, – that, that, that football team that we had, the 88-89 uh, Cincinnati Bingo football team, um, the year before our Super Bowl run, we, the strike year, we were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sam Weiss, our head coach, uh, Sam, uh, rest, in, in, rest in peace, mm-hmm. Sam had put all the, the, the players, kind of mixed them, black player with white player, offense with defense, and we wind up actually knowing more about each other than we did the past two previous seasons. And when we got to that, that 88 season to go to the playoffs or, or that year that we went to the Super Bowl, 
we 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 didn't think we were going to lose a game. You know, we actually, you know, we had uh, four preseason games. I think we were four and one or five, four and one. We played the Rams, I believe, in the Hall of Fame game. And then we won six straight before we lost our first game to New England. But we, we didn't feel like we were going to lose the game at all. And then we get into the playoffs, and we had the number one offense in the league. We had a quarterback in Boomer Esiason who was MVP of the league. And our defense was in the middle of the pack. But when we got into the playoffs, we became the best defense in the playoffs. And when we played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I remember the opening line for that Super Bowl was San Francisco favored by 13. Wow. And let me wow. tell you something, man. That was embarrassing. Sure. There was no way they are going to beat us by 13 points. And we got into that Super Bowl game. And think about this. I, I tell people the story about that year we were probably averaging almost 26 points a game on offense. We don't score an offensive touchdown in the Super Bowl. If we score an offensive touchdown in the Super Bowl, we're Super Bowl champions. But we kept the game close. Uh, uh, it was a great game for me. I had some fun. It was a, it was a great opportunity to play against Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and Roger Craig and that San Francisco team. But I was determined to try to beat them myself when we lost our nose tackle, Tim Crumry, early in the game when he broke his leg. So it, it, was, um, it was an exciting time for us, and, and I was hoping that we would get back in years to come, but it didn't happen. David Fulcher joins us, multiple pro bowler, all pro, and came to the L.A. Raiders. Tell me the backstory on coming to the Raiders, and I'm sure Mr. Davis had a big role in that. He must have loved your style of play compared to the great legends of the past. What was that first conversation and meeting like? Well, you know what's funny, man? My first conversation with, uh, with Al Davis was not, not when I came into the Raiders to play for him. It was always every time we played the Raiders. <laughs> And I saw him on the sideline. And I kept used to, I used to say to him, when are you bringing me home? When am I coming home? You know, he used to just laugh at me. But I can remember the, 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 my 86 draft. Uh, the Raiders had, I think, a pick or two after the Bengals. And I had a phone call from them that if you're there, we're going to take you. And then the Bengals picked me. And I think two or three picks later, the, the Raiders picked Brad Cochran, safety from Michigan. So I thought I was playing for the Raiders coming right out of college, and that would have been great because that's my hometown team, but it didn't happen. So when the police me, I got a phone call from Al, and he said, it's time for you to come home. And that was probably the best phone call outside of Cincinnati Bengals calling me to come play for them when Al Davis asked me to come home and play. And I, I was that right there. I didn't even have to work out for anybody else. I said, I'm coming. I'll, I'll be there. And, the next morning, and sure enough, I was there the next day that he uh, brought me in, man, and then I became a Raider. David Fulcher's our guest. You know, David, I, I can't tell you how many times people told me the same thing. That Mr. Davis, sideline walk, looking at all you yeah. guys with the flip card and knowing y'all and knowing your backstory, going back to college and even high school because you being from L.A., I mean, he knew you inside and out. And then he pulls the trigger to get you. So many people have said that, that those sideline meetings, because you don't get the chance as a player to go to the owner's box. You're not at the team no. bus. You're not at the Al Davis limo. And the only chance you got to make eye contact with him is in the pregame. And you're one of thousands that were able to have that impact. I'm telling you, man, I, all, every time we played the Raiders, I made it, I made it a point to find all that, that guy in all that white stand on that sideline just to come up and say hi to him because it, it was almost like meeting a movie star uh, for the first time. 
you know, and when you meet that movie star or you see, you know, I met Michael Jackson one time, you know, and I was at all, my, my jaw dropped. I, mean, I, I met Joe Montana and my jaw dropped. And when you meet somebody like Al Davis and he can, he can recite your history of playing high school football or college football. And then for him to make that statement that, you know, I asked him about when is he bringing me home? And when he finally got me, he said, you're coming home. It, just, it was a, a dream come true. David, what's going on in your life now? What have you done post football? Oh wow, man! I'm 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 involved in a lot of things. So I'm uh, I've been married to my wife Judy for 28 years. Um, I have a son David, 29, a daughter Kayla, 27. Uh, my wife and I are uh, we work with um, incarcerated men and women here in the prison systems in Cincinnati. Uh, she's working with the women. I'm working with the men, and we're just trying to make a difference. Uh, inside the jail so that when they get out of the jail, they can get back in society and become better people and better men and women uh, and productive in society. So we've been doing it for about the last 30 years, and we're enjoying what we're doing, man. It sounds like you have an Im- a big impact. Uh, tell our listeners what it's like to walk into a jail and have the grace and the ability to talk to someone and help their lives along the way. What is that experience like for you? You've been doing it so long, and all the great effects you've had on others' lives. That must be very fulfilling for you and your faith. You know, and it is, man. I, I think for us is that, you know, we feel actually more comfortable inside the jail than we do outside on the street. Because I think the people that are incarcerated, um, they, they, you know, they, they're, they're just like us. They're human. They made a mistake. Their mistakes are costing them life and time. Our mistakes doesn't really cost us life, but it... it, it it cost us uh, going from one job to the next or going from one place to, to mm-hmm. the other. But them, when they're in, incarcerated, they, they really want to find a, a, a connection to, to get out and, and make a difference. Not all of them, and I'm not saying that you can't get them all, but you know, when we go in and we try to get them all to make a change. And so our thought process is everyone that we talk to, can I get you to change the way you think? If I can get you to change the way you think, and think about being productive more than just being an asset to somebody else's uh, productivity, you know, your, your life would be better. And, and we've made a difference. We made a big difference. And, and we've probably been incarcerated, uh, or not incarcerated, we've probably been talking to at least twenty to 25,000 people since, you know, mm-hmm. the last 25 years of trying to make a change. Not everybody gets out on time, but the ones that we've talked to when they get out, we try to keep them out. Amazing. What a what a life's journey and gift that you give back to so many. David, I hope you can come out here and see a game at Allegiant Stadium as a esteemed Raider alumni. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. You got it. David Fulcher. Played for the Raiders for one season. Was one of the greatest Bengal safeties ever. Ever, but the alumni reach out to him because he played for the Raiders. It's incredible. You know, I'm happy we kept him there for one more question that he could talk about the life and the life that he's changed inside the prison system with his wife. Right? You learn about these guys. Last question I always ask him, what are you doing with your life for a reason? You might get an answer like that. David Fulcher was a beast. He was a beast, a hell of a player. When he came to the Raiders, he was banged up for one season. He was really injured, but Al Davis wanted him, and he's a part of the alumni team. He has an alumni brick at Allegiant Stadium, and you know, for a Bengal, one of their all-time greats, Really nice that we could have that conversation with them. 702-365-9200 opens up a line for you. Gangster Raider, checking in on a Wednesday before the schedule release. Go ahead. Hey, what's happening, JT? I'm feeling good, you know what I'm saying? And um, I wanted to say the most game I'm interested in 
on the road is Seattle because I've never been to Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to go check out the um, game in Seattle. You're supposed to have a 12 or whatever. I want to see, you know, the Raider Nation versus the Seattle 12 or whatever. But um, I also want to let it be known because I made an announcement on one of the shows last week that I'm coming to Vegas to celebrate my son's 21st birthday, but it's next Wednesday. It's next Wednesday, uh, May 18th, and we're going to be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill at 6 p.m. next Wednesday, and you and all the other Raider fans can meet me there and join. And also this season, we get to go to Canton to celebrate Cliff. Yes. You know what I'm We get to go to New Orleans. We get to go to Tennessee, and we get to go to Seattle. You know what I'm saying? This sounds like a good schedule, y'all. Let's get ready to party, do it big. You know what I'm saying? So come on down and celebrate my son's 21st birthday with me, JT, you next Wednesday it. at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. I'll see you there. Thank Raider you. Nation, let's go. Gangster. Raiders! Have a good one. I have my other job, uh, my job at night, uh, unfortunately, from 7 to 10, but I'll be either late or we'll find a way to connect at some point in time, and I'll wish your son I'll call in that day. We'll make sure we wish him a happy birthday and extend that to everybody. My son's 21st birthday is May 24th, and it happens to be my dad's 84th birthday on the same day. So my dad's in town and mom in a couple of weeks, and that's my favorite day of the year, May 24th, when my son turns 21 and my dad turns 84, and uh, that's a holiday for me. I really uh, enjoy that day. Blessing day. Thanks again to David Fulcher, and thanks to M Resort Spawn Casino for all their help and being our alumni connection as they do such a good job. T.J. Reeves is going to join us from Tampa. He's a great broadcaster. We'll get his opinion on the breaking news of Tom Brady going into broadcasting, but it might be a while. But the key is Fox has the Raiders Super Bowl. 2024 in Vegas is the Raiders Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium. Hopefully the Raiders are in it. Brady wants to be in that because Fox has the Super Bowl this year and 2024. If Brady doesn't call one of those Super Bowls, this is a waste of time. Drake stays in the backfield. They don't motion him out. Foster Moreau's over to the left. They stack three receivers. Lobbing it toward Moreau. Got it! How about that touchdown pass? Jackpot, baby! Brent Musburger on the call. Foster Moreau. Speaking of Brent Musburger, I was texting with him yesterday. He's doing great, and he was part of Winning Time, the, the, the entertaining show on HBO about the Lakers and the Lakers' 1980 win in the dynasty. And, of course, Brent's in the locker room interviewing Dr. Jerry Buss. The impact that Brent Musburger had on basketball, football, college football, every sport that he's called. It truly is amazing. You know, everybody has their favorite broadcasters. Everybody does. For you, it could be Vince Scully, right? It could be Bill King, whoever it is, whoever it is, hockey. I love Dan Duva, the job he does. Everybody respect Brent Musburger. He is Mount Rushmore all-time broadcaster, period. Whatever sport he's doing, he's in his 80s. He was in the locker room in his 30s at the greatest events in sports history and nailing it and then anchored what I think today is probably one of the greatest shows of all time, the NFL Today with Phyllis George, Jimmy the Greek, Irv Cross. That's Brent Musburger. Everything that he's done, 
including VEASAN and, and the merger and everything he's done there. He is royalty. We are lucky to have Brent Musburger in our life if you get a chance to see him out here. Sad news today. The NBA just reported that Bob Lanier, Hall of Fame center from the Pistons and Bucks, has died at the age of 73. What a player he was. One of the best big men of all time. Uh, the NBA did not announce the cause of his death other than saying he battled a short illness. A fantastic player. All right, T.J. Reeves, kind enough to join us. He's been busy because he's the Buccaneer sideline reporter, and I go back a long way with him, and whenever you have him on, it's something big, and Tom Brady plays for that team. That's why he's on again today. T.J., I thought of you as soon as the story broke. How can my buddy benefit from this? Maybe you can be Brady's sideline guy. Exactly, and then we would make $375,293,000 to be part of the Fox broadcasts. Uh, listen, it's always good to be with you, and i got to tell you that he, is, he has done a masterful job now on a couple of occasions of keeping everything quiet because nobody on the Buccaneer end knew that that announcement was coming either, JT, that that's his next move post-playing career. Yeah, and that's what blows me away about this, the retirement, too. We talked to you about the retirement and the unretirement. Some of the news that's coming out here, it's been very unique the way Brady is handling his career in the media, his agent, and everybody, because a lot of big news is breaking. And again, when you're the GOAT, isn't that what the whole topic's about, TJ? When you're the GOAT, yeah. you can do anything you want whenever you want to do it, because he has limitless potential. He can do whatever he wants to do, and... I can't imagine a player who's still got time left and maybe an opportunity to win a championship inking a broadcast deal on top of that. This is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's never happened before. It's, it's incredible to me. Well, and there's people speculating as well that if the Buccaneers do not make the Super Bowl and Fox is broadcasting the Super Bowl this year, would he somehow end up on that broadcast even as the third guy? Long way to go before that ever becomes a reality or not. Who knows? Um, I do. I think it's fascinating that Fox wanted to make a big move. I mean, to have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman depart and go to ESPN, you were you were thinking, what are they going to do? No disrespect to Greg Olson, the former uh, tight end with Carolina and a couple of other teams, but what were they going to do for a big splash? My God, is this a big splash whenever he steps into the booth? And I'm not so sure because remember now, JT. Uh, at the beginning of Troy Aikman's broadcasting time with Joe Buck, they had Chris Collinsworth in the booth with him for a couple of years before Collinsworth moved on to NBC and started doing the games uh, with NBC again. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if Brady is maybe in a three-man booth with Burkhardt and Olsen. Then again, there's a school of thought that says if you've got the GOAT, you only want to hear from the GOAT if he's in there to call the game. So we'll find out. Well, another big name down there where you are in Tampa is Derek Jeter. And I don't think Derek Jeter could ever do this because Derek Jeter isn't opinionated to the point where he'll be critical. And you do play-by-play, and you have a mm -hmm. lot of media platforms, and you know at some point you have to have opinions. Barkley, everybody forgets, Barkley does some analyst work. They will take him out, put him on NBA TV. He'll do it, but he's known for being in studio and being very critical and opinionated. So walk me through this, because Romo set the bar so high. That's the only thing I find fascinating here. If Brady doesn't come out and do something unique the way Romo called the plays in advance or being critical the way Collinsworth could be, I mean, that's a high bar set for Tom Brady. Do you agree? Yeah, that's a great point on criticism. And Aikman got very good 
at that in the mix with Buck, with being able to be critical, even of the Dallas Cowboys, even when they were losing games and having problems and he's working the game, can you be critical is a big part of that. Collinsworth doesn't shy away from it. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, the, the, the uh, leverage that Brady has with the success he's had on the field I mean, if he's going to bring up that you aren't doing it right, that you screwed this up, that something else needs to be done, or that's a bad, that's a coaching blunder, who's going to argue with that, to your point, uh, right now? So I, I agree with you that the best uh, analysts right now are the ones that are willing to not only heap praise, uh, and that's what team announcers do. You know that. You work with the Raiders. I work with the Buccaneers. If you're working for the team, that's different. If you are working for what's supposed to be a neutral national broadcast, if somebody does it well, yes, praise them. But if they're not doing it well, we appreciate you saying they don't do it well. They screwed that up. And, uh, and I think fans appreciate and, and like that honesty when they're watching a game and watching a broadcast as well as trying to learn something, too. T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneer sideline guy, try kind enough to join us as boxing podcast. Everything he does is a play-by-play voice. <laughs> so uh, let's – I'll get to Canelo in a minute, but let's get to more on Brady and could this be a distraction, Bruce Arians stepping down, what's happening with the organization, Brady retiring, unretiring, waiting on Gronk. All of this combined, every reporter knows that when he walks away, he's going to this massive Fox deal – can you see any reason for a distraction throughout the course of the season with this looming? Well, I think it's a great point, especially if you start getting towards the end of the year this year and all the talk becomes retirement and all the talk becomes, are you going to work the playoffs on TV for Fox if you don't make the playoffs? There's a question that you wouldn't normally have if you've announced something like this. Uh, I think the other thing is we don't know is he only going to play one more year now here for the brick and for your audience that he only has a one-year deal now remaining with the Buccaneers that's what they agreed to uh, to essentially allow him to walk away now after this 2022 season if he wants to which means he theoretically could play somewhere else if he wants to but I, I think Fox just wanted to jump at the opportunity and, and make it so overwhelming financially that hey we're going to lock you up right now to be our game analyst whenever you're ready for that and so that is likely going to be 2023, but I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't put it past him trying to play two more seasons here, and it could be a very interesting hybrid where he ends up uh, being a broadcaster for them if his team's not alive in the playoffs. How how weird would that be if he steps into the booth to call a game after he's been playing in that season? There is a precedent, just real quick for that, JT. Uh, Brian Curtis, I saw, tweeted this. Brian does a, a media podcast on the ringer. Bill Simmons is out there. He tweeted, mm-hmm. and I looked it up. He's correct. The 1985 Super Bowl, we're going back a long time, that Super Bowl broadcast on CBS did have Joe Theismann as an active player as the third man in the booth with Pat Summerall and John Madden. So it has happened before where a player was playing in that season and later broadcasted in a playoff or Super Bowl game. Not totally unheard of, but it was a long time ago, Mr. Brick. Well, I'm going to push back on you because I know Joe well. He at least, I think he had some chops on the Battle of the Network stars. Well, he did some work <laughs> in the past. Brady has how no broadcasting chops. How did he do on the swimming or on the, what else did they have, like the the, uh, Track and the field sack race or, and whatever? He's going yes. against like Linda Carter on the, on the <laughs> obstacle course. I remember that, yes. God. But, but as a broadcaster, TJ, TJ Reeves is our guest. That means... 
How do you take a guy who's never broadcast and put him in a playoff game? I mean, you got to have your chops. You're you're a broadcasting student. You you look up to broadcasters, and you look at the Buck family and the legacy father son and the great broadcasters. How long it took Madden to break in with right. Scully and Bob Costas before Summerall till he got decent. Madden was I want to say awful. He wasn't very good at all. Everybody's acting like they throw Brady in when he gets eliminated the following week. He's doing a playoff game. Like he, he knows what camera to look at, what I, I, monitor, yeah. and the telestrate. I, I follow you. It would be weird. I follow you. That would be a weird scenario if it were to come to fruition. And, again, this is where I come back to might they put him in a three-man booth situation wherever it is uh, this, this upcoming postseason Super Bowl. And, again, my understanding is Fox has the Super Bowl again on the rotation in two more years. So after the 2024 season, he would be in line to be the Super Bowl broadcaster again. So we'll see. We'll see when they elect to stick him in there. Again, this, uh, this was a move, a power move, obviously by Fox and by him, to be in that number one chair because there were a lot of people wondering who's going to be the big name. My Lord, did we get an answer on a Tuesday on who's going to be the big name. Last one for T.J. Reeves, Canelo. I'm bummed I didn't go. My wife and I had something planned for a month. I never thought he would lose. I went to Fury Wilder, which was one of the great fights of my life, and I didn't miss that one. I've been to over 100 championship fights and have the credentials to prove it. Uh, I watched the fight back twice. Canelo never had a chance. I mean, he ran into a fighter that had a better jab, was bigger, stronger. When you did a podcast previewing that and looking back at it, what happened to Canelo, and what, what does he do? I don't think he wants this rematch. Well, I think it's a great point that you make, uh, that sometimes a guy is all wrong, and he's big. He, a Bevo, the Russian we're talking about, he's got a jab. Uh, he's got movement. He's got things that can give Canelo problems, but apparently he is bent on getting his revenge against Bevo in a rematch this fall. Um, uh, you know, we said in the preview, this is a dangerous fight for him moving up in weight with a guy that can that can fight and is young and is not damaged, et cetera. So this will be a tough challenge for Canelo, whatever's next. Will it be Triple G next? Will he follow through with that fight that a lot of people want to see? Or will he, or will he go for the rematch? I think he probably does go for the rematch and a lucrative uh, payday at that. Thanks for the Brady update. All the best, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. Always great to be with you, Mr. Brick. You ring me up anytime. You got it, TJ. TJ Reeves, fantastic. So Brady, he's got a pretty big job. Isn't it great that we all have a job? You know, I just finished the first hour of this radio show, and I look at the stock market, and it's a crippling disaster again. Hemorrhaging. Another day working for free in 2022. Now, Bobby, I should be on the beach today. Just drinking Modellos, not looking at my phone in the market. But, man, I don't put out oil fires for a living. It's a great job on the radio talking sports. Until you open up the app and see what happened today. Nice job again. Thanks to TJ Reeves. Big hour coming up. Bill Williamson will join us. Longtime Raider Insider on the schedule release tomorrow.